0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop. Hey, this is Annie
3: and
2: Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You a Production of iHeartRadio. So, Samantha, what's your
3: favorite thing about working remotely? Um, not having to wear a bra mm-hmm. on That's a consistent a basis. Yeah. Let me See, there's so many, honestly, so many things. Uh, being able to wait to the last minute to make your face known. <laughs> Instead of coming in and talking to everybody, you know what I mean? And like having the conversation of like uh-huh. seeing people passing by people, having yeah. the mo- moment of, you know, all these things. So you have to get ready and all this. FaceTime with people, essentially, have face-to-face right. time mm-hmm. and then start working. As when well, mm-hmm. we're doing it remotely, I'm, like, barely sitting at the computer. I'm like, all right, let's get started. <laughs> I love you know? that. It sounds like uh, water cooler talk is your nightmare. Well, to me, this is, like, the introverted dream.
0: Mm-hmm. Like this is an
3: introvert's dream, especially because these are people you work with and not necessarily choose to hang with. Not that our people aren't cool. Our people are <gasps> super cool.
1: Just I was put about that out to there. Say.
3: <laughs> our people are super cool. I will, but it's still hard when yeah. you're in like that work environment, work mentality. Mm-hmm. So kind of not having to worry about that has been really nice. Mm-hmm. What about you?
2: I definitely am with you on the clothes thing. I I barely put on like real clothes anymore. Uh, And I think the second thing is um, working on my own kind of weird schedule and not feeling bad about that. And then Mm -hmm. also having usually a horror movie on in the background uh, and not feeling bad about that. Like someone's going to look over my shoulder and be like, hey, you're not working. You're watching bad horror movies. (laughs) I am. I'm doing both. (laughs)
3: I'm a multitasker. I like to have noise in the background as well. So if it's a show that I'm rerunning or if it's like loud music or something, mm-hmm. it's really nice to have that too and not worrying about people judging my taste.
2: Yes. And I will say we come from a very like flexible, even before this when you had to go into office, uh, it was a very flexible schedule. And a lot of people did watch stuff on their computer while they were working. It's a very low-key office. But my... My anxiety was that people were judging me for what I was watching. So I didn't do it. Right?
3: Yeah. You also had like the facing, like everybody walked by you. Yeah. And there were giant computers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was very mad when they moved me there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you were out of your corner. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I will say for our office, it's eerily quiet. Like everybody's so in their zone and such great workers. That's what it really Mm -hmm. means. But it's, they're so silent you walk in and a small sound everybody notices so it was definitely kind of eerie as well as yeah i was overly (laughs) conscious of being super quiet and i'm not a quiet person
2: yeah and that's actually a good point uh i want to get back to you for this episode because today we're talking about remote work and what that looks like for women particularly and this was a listener request from julia so thank you julia yeah thank you julia Yeah, and she was specifically saying like uh, when it comes to things that women often face in the office, uh, like sexual harassment, um, being judged by looks, fashion, how remote work might remove those things Mm -hmm. or lessen those things, Mm -hmm. having to deal with those things. And um, when we look at COVID-19, it has changed how a lot of us work. Yes, I am coming to you from my cosplay studio still. In a very short amount of time, companies had to pivot to 100% or nearly 100% remote work, or a lot of companies did, not all of them. Uh, I think we did it, our office did it in a matter of days. It was fast. Um, Even the Trump White House (laughs) recommended that people work from home, quote, whenever possible. However, many, many companies resisted this, as did several government agencies. For example, one CEO even messaged employees, we are collectively more productive working in our corporate offices. And another said, if we wish to maintain our productivity, we need to continue working in these offices. It is soul-stealing and debilitating to embrace the notion of social distancing and economic hibernation. Now, to be fair to this guy, he did <laughs> later reverse his statement. Right. But he put that down in Texas and sent it to right. employees. <laughs> yeah, and I have friends. I have friends who have received similar messages from bosses, and some of them, like, around this time are having to go back into work. Uh, right. Even though, clearly,
3: things are not under control. Right. I've talked to co- old coworkers of mine who are in the state agency, And they, a lot of them, because it is a face-to-face job, you have to see people, you have to see kids, you have to see parents, you have to make visits. Um, It was really difficult for them to transition, and everything went to telecommunication, so Zoom meetings, and by the way... Surprise, surprise, the state agency doesn't have a lot of money and doesn't have much invested in things like that, in equipment like that. Um, Even though it had actually been talked about previously, like, why can't we just do this? Because people were traveling so much that a big part of the budget was being taken out for travel reimbursement. Uh, which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about later. But it is, it's kind of interesting to see how they all kind of had to quickly change and what is needed what isn't needed. And then also having to backtrack and realize maybe part of this is because they're trying to maintain control over their workers because yeah. they didn't trust their productivity. Yeah. Which is a whole thing. Yes,
2: yes. And that comes up a lot in this, of this belief that people are just shirking I'm so ready to shirk off their responsibilities and do less work. And that is not the case. And we have some numbers on that later for you in
3: this. So many remote work policies implemented in the pandemic's wake were confusing or workers were afraid to use them, much like myself. Um, some required managerial approval, meaning that it wasn't uniform. Even this week, the boss over at Netflix said he saw only negatives of working from home, which I'm really surprised by. Me too. Rem- yeah. Remote work is often framed in direct opposition of collaborative open space work, particularly in the tech sector. And we've kind of talked about open works for... Yeah and all of that, because I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I know I've said it before
2: on this show, but one of the first, like, when we moved to our open space office, one of the first meetings we had in there turned into a two-hour session of people complaining about how they did like <laughs> open
3: space. I'm telling you, kind of like, because I came from a very individualistic case management type of world yeah. and coming to that, I was like, what's happening? What is happening? <laughs> yeah. So yes, I was definitely one of those that was confused. Mm-hmm. But, All of this is complicated. Some companies cannot close, like we just said, or they'll go under. But staying open puts workers, as we know, at risk. A lot of the bosses making these decisions have the option to work from home while asking their employees to go in. If we had a government safety net, we might be having a different conversation. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, And again, with all of this issues of access, not everyone has the internet or even fast enough internet or laptops, and not all companies are providing these things, even if they're asking their employees to work from home. So that is an issue as well. Uh, other companies are reevaluating remote work policies. And I know we've had conversations among our coworkers if we're ever going to truly go back to the office like we used to. It, it definitely feels like this has changed how we work and it will, it, it's a change that's here to stay. I personally think it's going to be. More remote work, maybe you have to come in, for our, in our case, like one to two days, right. and we'll have not the big office space we have now. I think that's going away. Right. Um, and uh, big companies like Facebook and Twitter have announced they're making remote work permanent after this. Right. That's smart.
3: hmm
2: Now, note before we get into this, there isn't a lot in the way of data when it comes to remote working, though more and more is starting to be collected. However... My own personal caveat, I think that we can't necessarily extrapolate too much out of the data being collected now. We can, but we just have to always have that asterisk of like, it is a unique stressful time, it is a pandemic.
3: (laughs) Right. So. Numbers are changing.
2: Right. How does it look outside of a pandemic?
3: Right. And on top of that, a lot of us are seeing our coworkers in their home environments for the first time, which is sometimes really funny, sometimes really yes. embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and some speculate that this will encourage managers to be more flexible post-pandemic with remote options and schedules. Others think that unless work culture changes, people who use work from home policies to work late and get work done will be rewarded, while others will use it for family reasons, mostly women who will be penalized right and this is
2: called the ideal worker norm and this is a worker who comes in early stays late and never has to leave for family reasons or any reason really and therefore is a better worker and treats the job more seriously uh which also ties into the facetime bias which is going to come up a lot in this um so yeah, there, there's some people speculate unless we change that whole idea, then even this kind of equalizing remote work time is not going to, it's still going to carry over.
3: Right, which is a very U.S. idea like that. We you yeah. put that in there, that this whole not taking time off of work, not having vacations and mm. running yourself into the ground. Definitely this whole bootstrapping, this is how we do it. This is how you do it. You sacrifice right. everything for your job. Right. Which is a whole other conversation. But all of this has sparked conversations around work culture, whether it's outdated, who who benefits from it, and how we can make it better. So, we're going to get into some basics. Yes. Uh,
2: So, when we say remote work, also telework or telecommuting, what we mean is the ability to accomplish work outside of an office. Most of the very first work-from-home options offered in the United States in the 1990s were a part of women's initiatives only available to women because it was assumed men didn't need them or want them because they weren't involved in caregiving. And because of this, these options soon earned the nickname the Mommy Track. However, these programs were so rarely used for fear of penalization, some HR professionals called them ghost benefits.
3: A new study out of MIT found that since the pandemic, about half of Americans who were employed before the pandemic are now working remotely. Compare that to before the pandemic when only 7% of Americans had access to flexible schedules and work-from-home policies, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor. Perhaps because of a history of articles out there claiming that working from home will lead to, once again, a decrease in job performance and effectiveness, companies have been very resistant to moving to remote work or allowing for more flexible schedules, but that is changing thanks to quarantine, as many of them are forced to adjust and their employees along with them. Yep. And those beliefs about a reduction in productivity from remote workers are actually not true, which I feel like is not a big surprise. But hey, <laughs> a 2014 study found that working from home actually increased productivity and saved companies, surprise, money. money, money, yeah. money, money of course, the caveat with the study is it surveyed a sector that could easily work from home and it was a self-selected group. So uh, remember that when you were thinking about all these good things. Right, but
2: other studies have found similar things. They found that remote work options not only increased productivity, but also increased satisfaction, employee satisfaction, engagement, and retention, while decreasing stress. Remote workers often work harder and for longer, giving time without pay, which is not good, actually, but it shows how incorrect the reigning assumption is. And I actually wonder if because that is the assumption that you're working less, that you work more to prove that it's not true that you're you're definitely getting your work done and and actually I'm doing even more see
3: <laughs> right that's like exactly I know this has been a conversation for many of us who may have had flexible schedules previously because we had to be the the keepers and maybe yeah. being able to prove that people can do this and so I would be more likely to answer emails so much faster
0: if I was at home
3: then I would uh-huh. if I was at the workspace. I'm like, I'm here. You got me right. here. That's all you get. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Which was not necessarily the best attitude. But yeah, if I was at home and I was given that option or if I were able to do something else, I was quickly on it. I made sure to be more attentive so you did not have any questions about mm-hmm. whether or not I'm working or being productive.
2: Yeah, and this goes back to what I actually wanted to bring up about how you said everyone in our office is so quiet. And at least in my case, and I, in most of my uh, team members' case, there's, the, you know, we're working in audio. There's part, that's part of it. But also there was just this idea that if I can get my work done as quickly as possible, I can go home and be done with work. Right. So the work day had this clear separation. Whereas now for remote work, I do feel like I'm working more. And it's kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. There's not the clear like, oh, I'm going home. I'm done with work. Right. Now it's it's work, <laughs> right. question shrug emoji. Right. Um, so I do feel like I am putting in more time. Right. Oh, and another study found uh, that children with mothers who had access to uh, flexible work uh, options slept more. So Which is
3: awesome, which is something to think on, except for the fact that I have been reading as school is back in and people are doing remote learning, that the school time still starts at 7.45. And that's kind Ooh. of shocking.
2: Oh,
3: no. Yeah, yeah. So as before, when it was summertime, I think that yeah. had changed a little bit. But now that school started, it's almost like, okay, for the mothers or fathers who are working at home, they don't actually start till 8.30, 9 o'clock. But now, because school is back in, school starts even earlier mm. for a lot of them. <laughs> so they kind of lose out now. But that that's a whole me... other conversation.
2: Yeah, that is. Oof.
3: So employees have also reported feeling their work is more innovative when telework options are available, which I'm trying to see if that's true for me, um, <laughs> and that they felt more informed, both which were frequently cited concerns of remote work. Right, that it would be less innovative and right. they would
2: feel, employees would feel less informed, but actually the opposite is true. Now, this was a specific study to Australia, so just put that out there. Right. Right. And uh, that's just a taste of some of the potential positives of remote work. And we'll get into more. But first, we're going to pause for a quick break for a word from our sponsor.
0: Can I rant for a sec? Please. Please.
3: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. All right. So now we kind of want to talk about the pros, because we've already talked a little bit about the positive. So what are these pros? So lately, we've seen more and more stories about the benefits of remote work. Flexibility, time, and money saving. And one found study that here in Atlanta, people who are full-time office workers save $555 on commuting costs a year when they started remote working, which is significant for us. Yeah. And in New York, eliminating commutes save full-time employees an average of 343 hours a year. Yes. Wow. Which yeah. is...
2: About two weeks, yeah.
3: Yeah, which yeah, is about two weeks, but like such so so, ben- so beneficial.
2: The mm-hmm. commute alone
3: just kind of zaps people from their energy. Yeah, we yeah, know this it's stressful. Yeah, so it's better for the environment and minimizing face time. Yes, and the biases that often come with it. And we've heard about the benefits, especially for women, and especially when it comes to childcare and things like breastfeeding or providing care in general. Not to mention the benefits for people who can't go into the offices for whatever reason or having difficulty doing so. Yes,
2: and we have talked on this show so many times about how women are penalized for having children or even the assumed potential to have children. Uh, Not getting jobs, not getting promoted, losing jobs, losing promotions. We talked about this recently in our uh, animal care episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Working from home can help in those areas. Not only that, a lot of mothers report a guilt factor of not having a flexible schedule, and work-from-home policies could ameliorate that as well. Research from Pew found that 51% of working mothers said having a family made career advancement difficult, while only 16% of working fathers said the same thing. 42% of mothers took reduced hours to support their families compared to only 28% of fathers, and that is a huge difference. That's a
3: huge difference.
2: Yeah, a University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee study found one-third of women in tech left their jobs due to lack of work-life balance. In a 2017 study out of the UK, 76% of women cited remote working options as vital if
3: companies wanted to keep them as employees for the long term. Right, and another recent survey found that while women are more likely to request the option to work from home, 62% of women compared to the 53% of men, they're less likely to get it. 24% 24% of female respondents reported quitting their job because that option wasn't offered.
2: Another report found that women who work from home are twice as likely to feel comfortable going to HR compared to in-office women. And 67% of women who work from home feel that HR understands their needs compared to 57% of in-office women, which makes me wonder, so that kind of surprised me too. That makes me wonder if the office culture really is just such a masculinized
3: space.
0: hmm
2: that you feel less comfortable.
3: Well, and I know, I know for me, sometimes it's just easier to be able to write things to people. Yeah. And not have to sit there and explain. I can be more succinct and I can right. be more professional without mm. them assuming I'm being emotional. Right. Or, you right, know, right. just I would think any of those things may be a little better. And especially if you have evidence, like these are the things I'm talking about. That's true. You know, so that could be a whole big thing. Uh, That same report found that in 2019, 57% of women who worked remotely reported a promotion in that year compared to 35% of in-office women and 51% of male remote workers, which is interesting numbers.
2: Yes. And on the other side of the coin, if we look at remote work companies, that is companies that specialize in remote work, uh, 42% of presidents, founders, and CEOs are women of those companies. Another study found that 84% of the dreaded millennials oh. reported work-life balance was important to them, and 85% wanted to remote work 100% of the time. A 2017 survey of 400 millennial women found that 83% of them wanted to start their own businesses and also put family first. They wanted both of
3: those things. Right. Yeah. Other studies have had that video conferencing can help equalize in terms of appearance. While science indicates taller, louder people, typically men, get more attention in meetings when we're all reduced to a small square, even if that which is yeah, oftentimes we get a little slat. Or just text, you know. <laughs> but it lessens that advantage. Yeah.
2: One report looking specifically at military spouses, 93% of whom are women, found that remote work could be a real positive for them. The unemployment rate for military spouses is about 24% compared to the pre-pandemic, not true anymore, of 4%. (laughs) Uh, This could be due to inability to speak a language as they move from base to base, difficulty finding short-term employment. And because of this, they are often targeted for MLMs. More remote
3: work options, could change that, could give them something else that they could uh, do. So remote work and flexible scheduling options don't just help women, but also other marginalized groups. So there are some positives, but as expected, there are some downsides and we'll get into those after a quick break from a word from our sponsor.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
1: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
2: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Uh, so yeah, it's, not all good. We've been painting a very rosy picture here, but uh, there are some definite downsides. A recent IMF study found that in the face of the pandemic, 100 million workers in 35 advanced and emerging companies are at risk of losing their jobs due to their inability to work remotely, and a majority of those impacted are the young, the poor, and women, potentially compounding wealth and gender wealth gaps. For women specifically, this is due to the fact that uh, they do make up a large chunk of hospitality jobs and also carry the primary responsibility for childcare while these services are uh, currently largely unavailable.
3: Right. I actually just read something about people who work lunch spaces and uh, things like that at work offices and how they've lost their business because of that. So it is a question of yes, we understand, but these other businesses grew because of needs in office types of workplaces, so. But for those that can work remotely, one of the potential issues has to do with increased domestic work. We've talked about this before. Several studies have found that while men who work from home focus on their work, women are expected to pick up more domestic responsibility, particularly now, with homeschooling. Um, that can, and that can be distracting and frustrating, leading to family conflict, uh, job creeps into family time, and extreme multitasking. And to that end, some studies have found that companies that allow for flexible work schedules do retain women with children at lower management positions, but that doesn't translate to women advancing to more senior jobs. And one way to combat this is having an office that has a door you can close to have a separate sphere. Even if it's an office that's in a closet, right? Like fine yeah. <laughs> yes. um, and if you're in a relationship with a significant other, having them share the load also helps. And other experts suggest that home life interruptions during video meetings may make women doubt their capabilities. Yeah,
2: sort of uh, the remote working version of imposter syndrome. Right. Um, Another issue that might come up is a lack of access to informal networks, particularly largely male decision makers. If you're in a Zoom meeting, it's more difficult to get informal feedback and advice that often transforms employees into leaders. And while remote work can, in theory, democratize promotions, it depends on people putting themselves forward, their resumes forward, speaking up for themselves when it comes to promotions, negotiation, uh, negotiating salaries, all of those things that we know do have gender differences with women putting themselves forward less. On top of that, who's getting invited to those informal work happy hours? What decisions are being made on sidebar conversations? How many women stay on mute to hide household disruptions? This is not a thing that I had considered, but yes, I guess that is true. If you've got something going on, you wouldn't unmute. Right. Yeah. Uh, Something else to be watching is what happens when some of us do start re-entering the office? And for some, uh, that won't be an option due to relocation for whatever reason. Um, will it be more men running into each other and traveling to work and therefore getting more promotions? Will women miss out on those quick and formal decision-making conversations? Which, by the way, we call at our office flybys. Um, I didn't know this. Good to know. I do not like flybys because it's like, you freeze because you you understand that this decision needs to be made very quickly. And I'm someone who likes to consider all of the options. Right. So I usually panic and immediately regret what I say. And then <laughs> I debate on, do I email? <laughs> and be <Right>. like, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't like those. I'm not a fan of those, but they do happen. Um, essentially, would we all end up going to the office anyway? Because we're afraid of being left out or out of sight, out of mind. Uh, in one article I read, they said, will the office become the
3: new status symbol, like going into the office? That's interesting, because as you and I have talked about, I have not been in the office that often. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of officially started right as the pandemic yeah. <laughs> yeah. and quarantine yeah. happened. And so I got, went into the office a few times and, and didn't see that many people. I don't even have a desk there, not because mm-hmm. they didn't offer. I'm just like, why would I need it? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what I would need it for other than, because I can do this from this table over here, because it has an open space with large tables and such. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I thought about this. I'm like, people don't know I exist <laughs> in that <laughs> office, because they don't realize. They, I was hired so close to with the quarantine happening. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, she does work there, doesn't she? <laughs> like, yeah, hey, I'm over here. So it is interesting. <laughs> I do think about that, too. I'm like, oh, well, I guess people don't know who I am. That's yeah. cool and interesting. Yeah, well, even I worry about it. Because I, as you know,
2: and I'm almost afraid to admit this, but I hate meetings, Mm -hmm. and I don't frequently go to them, even if I'm invited to them. And sometimes I'm worried that, uh, that, well, it's probably really not a good career. (laughs) (laughs) I
3: don't like
2: meetings.
3: (laughs) Again, so you don't like FaceTimes either? Uh, So new data also indicates that remote work days right after the pandemic were longer. And filled with more emails and so many more meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has evened out a bit. I will say that. yeah, yeah. Um, so
2: if we look at recommendations, how do we how do we go forward? Experts recommend collecting and analyzing data, examining work cultures to determine if work from home is suitable. And keeping in mind issues of gender and access and have women and other marginalized groups involved in these discussions and decisions. Uh, Education for managers and clear communication of rules and avoiding rewarding people who come in over those who don't, uh, which scientifically there is a lot of research that shows that's difficult. Um, But if you know that, keep that in mind Uh, and keeping an eye on output. Like if remote worker is getting all of their work done Timely manner, that's
3: got to keep an eye on that output, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and of course, communication always communication. Yeah. and it is a little more difficult uh-huh. now that we're in pandemic. You can't just come up and talk to someone about a quick idea or have a flyby, as uh, apparently I've learned <laughs> is a thing, but yeah, to have to actually type it out and send it on, and hoping that you can have a clear communication, which I've know, and You and I talked about this the other day as we were talking about interviewing people. We weren't sure exactly if everything had been communicated, yeah. but we didn't want to step on toes even though it's a damn email. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I can see
2: the positives of it and the negatives of it because on one hand, it's harder to have a flyby, which means that hopefully more people are involved or less people are left out, maybe is a better way of saying it, as opposed to an informal conversation decision that just happened like, you know, as you walked by somebody. Right. Um, but, uh, and also there'd be a record right. of it. But I can see the, the downside as well, the, the difficulties. And, you know, I, we don't really use Slack at our office, or, or at least our team doesn't, other teams at our office does. Uh, but I've heard about like Slack, secret Slack discussions and things oh. happening like on
3: there. <laughs> so. This is where I feel left out because I have no idea what's happening because I'm not invited to many, uh, because people don't know I exist as much because mm-hmm. I haven't been on people's radar. So I'm like, what? what's happening? Who's doing what? <laughs> Who? So I have to use other people to tell me what's happening. Me. Uh, but that was just a side note about communication. It is important. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult sometimes. I guess you have to put a little more effort. So on a governmental and corporate level, not surprising, providing social programs and safety nets with the input of those most impacted, which I know has kind of been a lesson of 2020. Who are you listening to? Whose voices should be raised? And it's important that we do that within jobs and sectors of remote uh, work. Yes, yes. Um,
2: And to be clear, remote work doesn't make sexist biases go away. I know I probably don't have to say that, but going to say it anyway. Until we change things, women will still be judged in video calls by their looks. I've seen these Zoom articles of how to, how women can mm-hmm. look so good in their Zoom meetings. Um, or by the way, they phrase things in text. How many exclamation points did we use or didn't use? <laughs> Yeah, emojis, mm, so much judgment. But in a lot of ways, remote work and flexible hours are beneficial to women and not just women. Of course, uh, we've talked about the economic and professional penalties to women during this pandemic too. So while this pandemic might be pushing corporate culture towards, towards more flexible work hours and remote work options, which does and will continue to benefit a lot of women, uh, we can't forget all other areas we've been women have been hurt in during this pandemic and in many cases for the long term and how we can tackle those things too. Um, and also always worth reiterating access, uh, who has access to remote working. So um, that's, that's an overview. It is interesting doing this right now uh, when so many of these things are unfolding mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and we're seeing... I know in our meetings our bosses has brought up several times like my kids are here and I'm having to rethink all of this stuff and it, it's just interesting to watch it play out and um, thanks to Julia for suggesting it. Right. Um, definitely worth discussing. And kudos to
3: her in how she's having to handle her situation.
2: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, if you listeners have any suggestion for us we would love to hear them, you can email us at stuffmediabombstuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at Mom stuff Podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. Thanks, Andrew. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff i never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Brilliantly Boring Since
3: 1865
2: is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
1: A new season of Bridgerton is here.